What's up, y'all? It's Candace. This is Rosie. And we're here with Fuck What You Heard is What You Hearing, our new <laughs> podcast and an already overly saturated podcast market. I know you're thinking, why do we need another podcast? What do you have to say that's different from what other people have to say? Well, we don't have enough voices from Black, African-American, lesbian, and queer women in the mainstream. In fact, we're often erased. I agree. I feel like this is an opportunity for us to connect, relate, vent, hear each other out, you know, real dialogue from the, so to speak, horse's mouth. You know, and from the common people, I think a lot of times I look at social media and I think everyone's engaging in the woke Olympics. They want to have some kind of highfalutin theories, but on the day-to-day level, we want to know what matters in our community, you know, and we want to give voice to that. And I also want to just put a disclaimer out there that you might think that Rosie and I often agree on things, and that's actually not true. (laughs) We have a lot of differing opinions a lot of times. So it's often great for me to engage with people who think differently than I do. And hopefully you can find um, a reflection of your own thoughts and voice in this podcast. Not to say we're going to represent all of us, but, you know, we'll hopefully be in in the general vicinity of, like, what what we stand for as people of color, women, people of color who are queer or lesbian. So so we wanted to get started. This is our first episode out the gate coming through because it is Juneteenth. Or we just wrapped up Juneteenth weekend. I'm calling it reparations weekend because <laughs> it's what? Fuck what you heard is what you're hearing. <laughs> I want y'all to reparations me out. I, so far, I've gotten a bottle of Hennessy. And $83 as reparations. I really appreciate those who have, uh, you know. <laughs> like, catch me up. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. People might wonder, who are these people? We met in college. We were roommates while in college for a while. Rose is an artist. She lives in Chicago. Um, I'm a filmmaker, writer, living in L.A. now, and we've been friends for about 15 years, and we just wanted to come together to create something together and, like I said, create something for our community. So that's how this was born. And I thought, hey, I'm in Chicago. It's Juneteenth weekend. Perfect time. Perfect time to launch this podcast about liberation, liberating us, liberating ideas, liberating ideas about what it means to be Black you know, an African-American woman in the United States, right. from the United States, um, and also that queer lens, that lesbian, same-sex loving lens that I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> right. Not not uh, realistic uh, representation, not um, true uh, representation. Like, you'll get versions of us here and there, sprinkled throughout things, but not like a, a real... Uh, real essence of who we are. So you have this idea and this concept of white supremacist capitalist patriarchy that just keeps getting recycled throughout the mainstream media. And even when it comes to Black lesbian representation or any kind of queer representation, queer POC representation, a lot of times it has to fall into that category. And so um, for me, this is about being anti that. (laughs) And we're trying to move toward liberation and... A lot of times what we see in the media and what we see reflected back to us is really shallow. Like the idea that the U.S. government created this holiday of Juneteenth when Black folks been celebrating Juneteenth for a while, as, as far as I can see. Right. Um, and it was just white people who didn't know what Juneteenth was. 
Yeah. You know, and now that they found out what it is, they're like, oh, let's give them a holiday. And it's like, I, that's a fear in itself. When white folks find out anything black people are doing, <laughs> they just come in and be all like colonizing it. <laughs> like, you're just like, can we just have this to ourselves? Like, I just don't think that that should have been the first move toward repairing the relationship with, with the African American community. Like, we didn't need the eyes of a white. Yeah, the white gaze. Right, on that. Because that's actually a good point, Rosie, because I feel like liberation is freedom from the white gaze. And so now it's about... So I look, I'm in favor of, like I said, reparations weekend. (laughs) Yes. That's real. That's tangible, you know? I mean, like I said, Black people have been asking for uh, voter laws to be enacted, Mm -hmm. for the police reform, Mm -hmm. you know, for student loan debt cancellation. There are real things that Black policies that Black people suffer from at the hands of our government and the hands of our elected officials that can be changed. Right. But instead, they're like, here's a day off. Right. Let's just shine some jewelry in front of them and then just like, hopefully it'll distract them away from the idea that we're not really doing anything you know we're not really making strong serious moves to to better better their situation not only is it a distraction from the real case at hand it's also a pat on the back for them like it's they gave themselves a day off most of the time the people who are able to celebrate juneteenth and get the day off are not black people black people are still going to work yeah i'm in favor here's what my thought is you should give black people and listen up congress (laughs) <laughs> hearing, hearing. Hear me now. <laughs> I think black people deserve the whole month of February. Just give me the whole month off paid. Right. That's reparations. Yeah, you because know, I think reparations can come in many forms. Mm-hmm. If there's micro reparations, which is like individual white people giving to black people their money mm-hmm. in bottles of Hennessy. And then there's also this idea of time as reparations. Think about it. 400 years of slavery. Mm-hmm. My ancestors in the field working. I want that time back. Right. How do I get that back? Yeah. That's a start. I can't even say I appreciate the effort because I really don't. It's not even an effort. That's the thing. That's the whole thing. It's not a real effort. Right. Right. Black people haven't been asking for the U.S. government to recognize Juneteenth as a federal holiday. No, I mean, I, not that I know of. I don't want to speak for all black people, but like, you know... I haven't heard anyone say, you know what, what we need is, and it'd be like, make Juneteenth a federal holiday, to the point where I never really celebrated Juneteenth. You know, that wasn't a holiday in my household. It wasn't just a thing that we marked our calendars for. I feel like that is very um, Texas-centered, and I get it because it happened there, but like, for us, it's like, who, who didn't grow up celebrating the holiday, we're just like, oh, so you guys gonna make this a federal holiday but just not cancel my student loan debt. <laughs> it's like, but what about the list of things that you can really do instead of like putting a symbol out here to say, hey, look, we're listening. We're paying attention. It's an empty gesture. It is. So I don't know. And I think what, you know, you make a good point because I think oftentimes growing up, at least me and you, I feel like we didn't grow up celebrating Juneteenth. It wasn't a thing. I didn't learn about it until like I was like much like later in high school, and that was only because I met someone from Texas who really celebrates it every year. Like it's a really big thing. It didn't really hit home to me when I was younger. I was like, okay, so that was the end of slavery. But then also, it's like, 
But what was it in? Like, we were technically free, but there was a lot of stuff. Right. Did things really change for Black people when slavery ended? No. No, we had the Reconstruction. And that's a great point and a great segue to the idea that you make Juneteenth a federal holiday. Thank you, U.S. government. You also are passing laws that are saying you can't teach critical race theory, which is, I don't even know how you got that term, critical race theory, (laughs) when it's just really about the reality of our history of this country. Mm -hmm. Like, so you're not teaching children the truth. Right. And then, so you have Juneteenth off and children are like, well, why do we have that? Well, I can't tell you. Right. Right. Terrible. What you're saying when you make Juneteenth a holiday without acknowledging the real struggle and strife that Black people face on a day-to-day basis is that their experiences don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only that, you're going to bypass the hard work that it takes to address these issues that they face that you created as a U.S. government mm-hmm. and, you know, your state's governments and you allow it to perpetuate. Um, so you're bypassing all that hard work. Rolls right into that whole lack of acknowledgement. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you've got to acknowledge what has happened. There's no way to heal unless you you call out the pain and the Exactly. experiences in in the history. It's history, right? It's it's actually it's facts. It's not it's facts. And see, that's where we get into a dangerous slippery slope, right? These people who tout this phrase alternate facts. <laughs> it's actually listening. I think listening to black women, I think that's a great point also to this podcast. It's like listening to black women. Mm-hmm. Listening to what's important to us. Right. And not dismissing us. Like I had somebody tell me like I was like, you know, black women are paid, you know, 73 cents on the dollar of a white man. And they're like, that's not true. Just going to tell me it's not. <laughs> Just going to tell me that's not that's economic facts. injustice. That's alternate facts. Just, those, aren't, not, those aren't real numbers. Those numbers don't even exist. Get that. I need to see some receipts on that. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's another thing. Again, it's a white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchal view that we need to provide receipts and evidence right. jump through all these hoops to validate our experience. Right. I'm telling you that I don't have the same leverage as a white man in the society. And that's me saying that should just be enough for mm-hmm. you. Right. But there's also all kinds of evidence to support that, yeah. that you are not taking can time not just, to research. Can you not just pull up your bootstraps and... Do some hard work for once. <laughs> I would love to do that. If I had boots. If I had straps. <laughs> you know, if I had the means to get those boots and straps. If I can have my boots waiting for me already, like it is for most, right. then I will pull them up. If I wasn't getting discriminated against, I couldn't shop at the bootstrap store. <laughs> it's tough. It and is they tough. had to jump through a hoop and make a video to even buy the bootstraps. It is so bad. I mean, it's terrible. All that to say, you know, there's a, a real missing link between, I think, at least me personally, um, Juneteenth and the status quo for Black people, right? I feel like Black people are like, okay, great, we have Juneteenth, but we don't really feel that connected to it as a holiday. Really, it's just like summertime. Because I like to pay, play a bit of a devil's advocate situation here. Um we could look at this in some type of positive way in that maybe it is a step toward acknowledgement. 
you can't resolve an issue. You can't make right an issue when you don't acknowledge it in the first place. You know, maybe this is their way of kind of opening that door or, you know, starting that, that dialogue or starting to resolve or acknowledge the, the damage that's been done. So, I mean, yeah, I, I like to think that. I just don't want to wake up four years from now and, and they'd be all like, oh, yeah, we went ahead and made Cicely Tyson's birthday a federal holiday. And it's like, again, I love me some Cicely Tyson, but stop that. Let's get to real things. Like, what are we going to see after this? After this big sh show and tell of what you've done and how you're trying to make it right? What do you feel is the most immediate thing that would provide relief to you and acknowledgement to you about the history of this country and as it pertains to Black people? I think student loan debt is a big one. I, say, I mean, yeah, but... you think that because, <laughs> as you can point to, you know, any research that shows Black women hold the most student loan debt. Yeah. A disproportionate amount of it. It's like, so if you really want to help Black women, that's an easy thing to, to target for Black women. It's good to check it. Yeah, cut the check. <laughs> it's not that hard. Exactly it. I know y'all got the money. Out here bailing out these big old... Yeah, bailing out the big corporations. Make my black life matter. Make my black life matter. How can I? How can you make my black life matter? Reparations me out. <laughs> That's really it. But as the black community mm -hmm. in whole, I think that um, something that something that would affect us all it's kind of hard to pinpoint because there, I have a lot of you know family members that live in very bad neighborhoods, food deserts, as they put it, or, you know, like poor education, you know, like, so what would, what would be a box that they can check? Then I'm like, all right, they finally doing some shit up in that, that big ass house. Um, I don't know. I have to think on that. Do you have an answer to that? I have several answers. The number one thing that it seems that people are inherently asking for across the board, black or white, is to decrease police brutality. Yeah. On a very basic level, this idea that our lives aren't mattering. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. That's a problem. And not only that, it's like, it's the police, but it's also the healthcare inequities, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that... Uh, Black women have higher uh, mortality rates when it comes to giving birth. There's this idea of uh, reproductive justice, mm. which is encompasses all that. So I would say reproductive justice. You would say that. That's so my would, number that's one. Your final that's my final answer. I did not phone a friend. <laughs> so it begs the question, what we asked for and what we got when it came to this... this um, Juneteenth holiday. Uh, what did we ask for? Equal opportunities. What we got? Juneteenth off. <laughs> for some. I feel like I still have to work on Juneteenth. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were looking for something. Oh. <laughs> what a pause. <laughs> Closing segment. Tell us how you really feel. Rosie, tell us how you really feel about Juneteenth. Um, to be honest with you, I don't feel anything. I mean, like, meh. You know, um, I think we could have done without it. You know, life goes on. 
Can we make some real moves? That'd be great. Um, but as far as like Juneteenth as a holiday that we celebrate in the Black community, love it because it's just a time for all all our beautiful Black people to get together and just celebrate our fight, rejoice, and feel part of the community and realize that we were all in it together. We all are still in it together. So I'm happy that it's a thing that we have. I'm a little mad that they, you know, white folks done showed up and they trying to take it. But <laughs> besides that, we'll still celebrate. We'll still be at the cookout. We'll still be, you know, doing, you know, what's the cookout favorite? Sir? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was a good one, though. It's not oh, a party. Before I let go. Yes, before I let go. That's a classic, right? It's a cookout classic. So we'll still be doing that. We'll still be living great. And we're not going to be on some old, it's, it's a federal holiday. I can't believe it. Because I can't believe it. I can believe they would have done that. So, yeah. That's true. Tell me how you really feel. How I really feel about Juneteenth? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to always celebrate it now. Woohoo! Because there's so much to celebrate. It's solstice. It's Juneteenth. Right. Summer is here. Right. As far as feeling connections to slavery or connections to African American culture, I'm always connected to that. That's not new. Every day I wake up. I wake up black every day. Exactly. <laughs> every day I wake up black. I wake black. up black every single day. I wake up needing reparations every single day. Mm -hmm. I wake up needing my student loan debt canceled every single day. Mm -hmm. And until those things happen... I mean, hopefully we see it in our lifetime. I'm see, I'm seeing it through. I'm going to keep pushing for that, you yeah. know? In the, in the meantime, life. I will support other people paying micro reparations and getting it where I can, <laughs> getting it how I live. Reparations, Hennessy. Very special. Yes. <laughs> Hennessy. This podcast is not sponsored by Hennessy. <laughs> this or Bean Farm. Or... <laughs> it is sponsored by Stoneworks. <laughs> However, I wouldn't mind a Hennessy sponsorship. I mean, it is it is a staple in the black community. I don't know one person who hasn't had a taste of Hennessy in their life. Except for me. I did I had never seen our first taste this weekend. Someone offered to send me a bottle and I was like, First of all, give me talk about how he Yes, we can't absolutely talk about that. Yeah. How he just assumed to send you a bottle of Hennessy. Yeah, I had a friend say to me, you know, happy Juneteenth this. I want to send you something. I want to send you a bottle of Hennessy. There's a white person. <laughs> they just assumed that I drank Hennessy. Drank Hennessy. <laughs> and wanted a bottle of Hennessy for Juneteenth. Because <laughs> what else you be drinking? Now, not to say that I really, really, truly wanted a bottle of Hennessy, but I did recently say to Rosie, like last week, that I never really drank Hennessy and I wanted to start drinking it. I know. It was kind of like... So it's like, is it this person or is it me manifesting a bottle of Hennessy? Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. We play that way. It doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. That's all you got? That's what I got. And I want, that was to, good. I want to introduce our special guest who just walked in the door using the key. <laughs> our friend Jen. Good friend Jen. Also met in college. And welcome to the show. Welcome. This is our podcast. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. What were your hearing? What you're hearing. Put your heart is what you're hearing. All right. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Um, conversation is swell. So far, but Candace, I wanted to mention that the person who sent you Hennessy was white. <laughs> I truly believe you manifested it though, because you spoke about it before. Yeah. 
Um, so that's how I feel. Um, that's how you really feel about Juneteenth, Jen. Um, so it's a combination of both of what y'all said. I mean, really, I think that the people in charge of our democracy think we're stupid. Yes. You're right. Period. Like, this is not what we asked for. And like, you know how long it takes legislation to move? Yeah, they they passed this so fast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Something. I was like, Something. one day it was in the house, and the next day Joe had it, and I was like, okay, so you can move quickly. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Tight, tight, tight. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, um, yeah. So I just, like you said, placated. This is lazy. Um, lazy. You know, but any opportunity to better educate just Americans as a whole. Um, yeah, let's celebrate it each year. Let's do it right. I mean, we are going to celebrate it. You know, good luck if you get an invite, you know. I just feel like the fear of it being colonized and white people showing us. So. What you doing here? <laughs> so I have a close homegirl in Milwaukee. They held an event on, not Milwaukee, Minneapolis. Because oh, that's where everything where goes down. Yeah, yeah, that's where everything goes down. And a young white lady had a swimsuit on that said Juneteenth. I was like, how'd she get it so quickly, though? Like, did she have this already? It's unhinged capitalism. It is. It is. Really ridiculous. It is. T-shirts at Walmart or Target. Girl, no. So anybody can purchase. I don't want it. I'm not wearing anything that says Juneteenth. Because, like, unless the funds are going to be funneled directly into all black people's accounts, please no. Right. It's going straight toward my reparations. Yeah, if you have to pay for my own reparations, if you started the reparations fund, like let's 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 watch the tracker and like let's see how much y'all can get. But right, don't just be out here wearing t-shirts. No white people, no matter how well intentioned it is, please do not wish me a happy Juneteenth. That's real. That's a, that's and that's a, how I'm really feeling about Juneteenth. Just to pick up where we left off with our segment what you heard is what you're hearing the segment is tell us how you really feel we had our home world jen come through she came through with the key startled us both we were like what is going on someone's walking on the door and then we had another special guest come in her name is amber amber tell us how you really feel about juneteenth i was not <laughs> it's okay it's, we still roll we love it yeah we're ready it's supposed to be this kind of podcast so yeah, it's a hood cast. I'm not necessarily excited about Juneteenth. Mm. Um, I feel like a majority of the black people that are excited are not really as educated. Mm. And then we start with this snowball effect. And I can talk about why a lot of black people are not educated and the reason <laughs> why we should. Reproductive justice, as I was mentioning. like Because if, if you're not funding the education system, funding the education system in low-income areas or whatever where black people mostly live, they don't even know about Juneteenth because y'all got a textbook that says slavery was a choice. Majority of our children are living in like prop, um, poverty and very low-income areas. And the education system is funded by property taxes. So if you have a majority of our children living in these areas, then we're not being properly educated. Right. And so when they produce, oh, this federally mandated holiday, they're all, they're so excited because they're not aware that we should be still fighting for other strategies for black people. We should be asking for more. We should, we should be asking for more. What do you feel like is the next steps? Like say this is just the beginning, Juneteenth being recognized federally. 
What do you want the government to do next to acknowledge your plight as an African-American woman to celebrate the history or whatever it is that you feel like they need to be doing? Um, that question is so loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so many things that I can say that I want. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, student loans is definitely is number hurts. one. But well, I guess that's all educated black women. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. on top of the list. You know, personally, would like to start with education. Mm. Like, and I feel like I keep coming back to education because it has to start somewhere, and I feel like it's important for us to go ahead and start. Telling the nourish, truth, nourishing the minds of our young people. You better say that. It's complicated, it's levels. Juneteenth is just the beginning. Yeah. Can we agree to that? No, I I, I agree. Yeah. We just want to say one. Thanks for tuning in to our new podcast. It's a true podcast about black liberation and freedom and victory. And we hope they can continue to join us before fuck what you heard. Is what you hear. Thank you.